test one, test two. Uh, 
family court decided she wanted to put together a program that would assist youth at diversion programs so that they would not have records when they were young if they made a mistake but had an opportunity to really learn a lesson and uh, work with their peers to get the support. So that started in 1990. Uh, Dean Cooney from the Young Casey Law School, Mildred Watson, Chris Bill Rogers, who was an attorney uh, and a judge here in uh, Kansas City for years, was uh, one of the core beginning, you know, the people who began the, the organization on the first board. Um, as did Pearl. Um, she's uh, since left the board, uh, but Jean Cooney is still on the board, and so they helped develop this program into what it is today. Got the funding, got the program set up, um, and uh, we're still working to support the youth in Kansas City through it. You know, thank you very much for that uh, brief introduction, but also I have to acknowledge our devoted listeners, and hopefully, they'll keep on like the temptation is growing now. Do we have uh, Catherine Persley on the line with us? I am on the line, and I apologize. I was in a meeting, and I'm sitting down here at the corner of 18th and 9th, so hopefully it won't be too much of a distraction to be participating in the meeting this way. Were you able to reach the pastor? pastor said that he was in a meeting. Uh, I did not reach him. Okay, well, I'm quite sure, like any other given day, women can handle the job for both male and female, right? I believe today we'll get it done. <laughs> Tell us about what you are proposing, not only for this summer, but hopefully our ongoing type of situation. Well, thank you for having us on the show, and I am, this summer we're working with some youth in conjunction with the KC Parks Department, and we are introducing them to environmental careers and conservation, and uh, one of the things that they're doing, besides we're working outdoors every day, uh, but we're also making sure that we keep our, our parks clean and trying to address the litter and trash issue that's so widespread throughout the city, but we also want to introduce the, the youth to to the, the different careers that will become available in conservation uh, and protecting the environment. One of the things that we realized is that even with COVID, the, the outdoors still continued to do what it was going to do. So the grass was growing and the trees were growing and the, all of those maintenance careers uh, as well as making sure that the wildlife within the urban uh, areas are protected. And so that's, that's really the focus of our program this summer is working with the youth and getting them back outdoors, working on being healthier, and also looking at different ways that we can take care of our environment. Let me ask okay. both of you, but let me ask both of the Honorable Judge and yourself, uh, Catherine, do you really believe the youth are our future? I will defer to the judge to go first. Okay. Um, yes, I do believe that the children are our future, and I believe that it is everybody's responsibility to make sure that they're well-educated and well-supported. Um, because, you know, once we, we hand it off to them, they're going to be running things, and we got to make sure that they're going to be able to run it and be successful and be able to, to jump off of the base we gave them and fly, you know. And so it, that's our responsibility, to make sure that we are there to support them and, and to educate them and to train them. 
Um, and then let's just take us to the next level. Because pretty soon we're going to be the ones that are, you know, needing them to support us. Uh, so, yes, I think that it is a responsibility of not only, you know, the parents, but also the community to make sure that if we want a better future for the whole community, that we give them all the information and support they need to make a better future. And, and I would just piggyback all that and say, it's part of my experience is that the youth, I can remember, if I walked down a certain street and that was the way my parents had told me not to go by the time I got home, my mother already knew. And it's really a neighborhood and it's the village that brings our youth out and, and prepares them for what, what adulthood brings. And so, as I've articulated to my older years, I really want to make sure that we are leaving the young people with the foundation that's really required for them to be able to be successful in life. Uh, and just to know that somebody's listening to what they're doing and cares about what happens to them. And I think a lot of them just want somebody to listen to them and guide them. Because even though teenagers act like they know everything, they really are, they're really looking for some guidance. And so even with, after working with some of our youth this summer for only a couple of weeks, this summer, I mean, just today I had a couple of them call me just to ask me about something that was going on in their personal life. And that kind of tells me that we're doing the right thing. And so I just want to make sure that we're able to continue to sustain that and then to be able to serve as many youth as we can. We want to be able to provide those training opportunities. And, if, you know, if the program that we have is not the one for them, we also want to be able to guide them something that might be more suitable for their personality or their desires that they want to achieve in life. So I know that the children are our future and that really we all have an obligation to do something to, to add to that and build and help build them up. So uh, we're committed to doing that. Of course, uh, we have one of our producers, um, our folks, and we'd like to know, our listeners would like to know, not only in Ferguson, St. Louis, but Kansas City. Do you have similar type programs in your area? Uh, yes, we do. We have several different programs that um, we work with the youth in. Uh, early on in my career, I worked you know, actually, in the office. We had a lot of programs uh, that we had, you know, summer programs, and also the uh, comptroller has gone in green started from a million years ago where she uh, has recruited some young people work, you know, in, uh, in the uh, financial realm, you know, for them to understand how that part of your life works, to prepare them for that, it's been quite tough, but that's just some of the program that we have here, that uh, how we, I agree with you, anyone here, our, our future, you know, our young people, and they're going to take it when we, when we want to, and then I'll tell people to let them see that uh, our kids don't listen to what we said to you know, what can we do to a week or some guys because we just need good examples. Okay, I'm quite sure we'll be listening to you probably on some other update and some other thing we might have had an oversight, but I'm quite sure you got us covered in that deal. But you, in case you just tune in, you're listening to Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. It's also a uh, time mark uh, broadcast. And we have three distinguishing guests. We have the Honorable Judge Martina Peterson. We have Ms. Cassley Persley, and we have the President of the Missouri.
I mean, they figure us, like it's me. As an old person, you don't know what you're talking about, so why should I listen? And we know that even at school, the teachers can hardly wait. Let me reverse that. The parents can hardly wait till school start because they're relieved of their normal keeping the kids at home because the teachers are keeping them in school. But all you're talking was, it's okay. Right now in South Missouri, 
that doesn't mean that Kansas City doesn't need to be on the watch and being and taking precautions to that. And uh, we're, it's concerning to me that we're really not doing that. Um, so one of the things that we're incorporating into our program, not just for our young people, but this summer, we're planning on having some COVID education events. And we just had a recent event in the neighborhood, and we made sure that there was information available for people to at least take with them. So that, because we've got to educate people about the virus and the fact that it's still not gone. And if we study history, it's, it's the exact same thing happened 100 years ago. There was a way, but people thought it was gone, but there was another way. And it affects our community uh, uh, more significantly than others. And so I just know that I want to keep a watchful eye for that and make sure that we're still taking the necessary precautions. Well, Mr. Spencer, I have to agree with you. Here in St. Louis, uh, we have the St. Louis Cardinals, and you guys have the Kansas City Royals over there. And a lot of these, these people from those rural areas come to the baseball games, and they, 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 they come in unmasked. And so they're, they're normally un, unvaccinated. And so that's why this can be, uh, those games will be somewhat like a, like a, you know, a, a place that un, people unsuspecting. You go to the game, you may come across some of those people that come in for the, for the baseball games. And they're bringing that COVID-19 and the other virus with them. That's the very cautious of that. Yeah, and there are some concerns, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who, who don't want to acknowledge the significance and the seriousness of the uh, pandemic because they don't want to shut down the businesses again and it impacts them financially. But it puts a lot of people at risk when they downplay the pandemic and then encourage people not to get vaccinated because now we have all these variants out there. And this new variant, there is a concern, is, you know, is... is very more uh, easily uh, spread, and then also uh, more harmful as far as, you know, more deadly. And it keeps mutating, and the longer that we take everybody to get vaccinated, the more people are going to be susceptible to mutations. And, the, and the, so we have the children that we need to think about, because eventually, right now, a lot of these aren't going to impact the children as badly as older individuals, but if it keeps mutating, we don't know what's going to happen with that, and there's a, most of the children 12 and under, they can't be vaccinated yet, so I think we need to do a better job focusing on it and stop believing that it's gone when it's not, because it isn't going to be impacting the children. You know, Judge, you, you hit a point there, because when this virus, the, the other virus, when it hits the kids, it tends to have more effect on their hearts, on their hearts as opposed to the older people, and that's why it's so important that we make sure that we, we you know, uh, good parents, I should say, and good people for our young people, to make sure that they, all, that they know what's, what's taking place and then be looking out for them. Go ahead, uh, speak up. Yes, sir. Me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Timothy Hayes here. How are you doing? Well, how are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing just fine. Okay. Hello. We're glad you could join us because I would have to tell a story and I have prepared myself like you normally do. So welcome to the show, uh, Pastor Timothy D. Hayes, Jr. Yes, how are you doing? Thanks for having me today. I think I heard Mr. Pope's there before I tuned in. 
black people are not trained to take uh, care of their mental health. They're not trained to talk to therapists. They're not trained to deal with stress outside of violence, outside of temper tantrums, outside of things that will end up hurting themselves. And so what we are trying to do is first uh, expose the problem. First we have to talk about it, that it is a problem. And so we're trying to get our community to realize that mental health uh, is something that needs to be addressed. And if we can address first the mental health issues, and then we can start to use outlet at Mash House and things along those lines to uh, fight those mental health issues. But unfortunately, um, currently, and I do have a few programs. I actually had a lawyer reach out uh, to me a couple weeks ago, and we give away passes to foster home kids and things along those lines. But unfortunately, they're not in the black community. Um, all of these agencies that reach out that we do partnership with, they are of the opposite race. Um, and I wish that, you know, we had more African-American programs and things along those lines in our neighborhoods that would take these type of advantages and things and discounts that we provide for large groups and things. But uh, honestly, and I, I mean, it's sad to say that they, it's just African-Americans, um, I think it's the stigma that we, we have in our minds that, you know, going to get help is not the right thing to do, or going to get help is not proper, um, and it's soft, or because you're getting help, you're weak, and things along those lines. And so, um, it's just really some serious steps that we need to take uh, into expose. So I have went to all the media outlets, I've uh, been on the radios, I've been on the televisions, I'm on the social medias, and, and we broadcast it, but Unfortunately, I don't just think that us as a nation, as a community, um, is ready to really attack the real problem. We can talk about all the violence. We can talk about all. Uh, we can talk about all of the violence. We can talk about all of the nonsense that's happening that could be avoided and things along those lines. But until we take those proper steps to address those and make it popular. Um, and suicide rate will still continue to rise in our community. Violence and homicide and crime will continue to rise uh, because we have to quit putting band-aids over the problem. We have to finally make our minds up that we're going to address the problem. You know, you know, uh, uh, Reverend, I have to agree with you that in the black community, any type of uh, thing with reference to therapy, even when I went to physical therapy, People thought, oh, are you going to therapy? I said, yes, it's physical therapy. And there are so many types of therapy that our body needs. And, and as soon as the black community can learn how to take advantage of these different programs, and what you have really is a, a program that's, that's on frustration. And, I mean, in a big way, and more people are more frustrated now than they ever been before. And I'm quite sure, you know, uh, you know that the community needs to be educated again that therapy is good for you. It helps you. Yeah. And I think you can read in the court system that a lot of people they refer to therapy lots of times, but unfortunately that's the same times they think they gotta go to court, go to church because the judge told them to do it. But they need it before they go to court. That is true. That's very true. And that's uh, exactly where we're trying to get out ahead. Um so I'm hoping that I can make this thing popular. I'm hoping that I can make it the hit thing to do. Um it's it's not rare. I mean, it's very rare. Uh, I have many businesses, um, and it's just so 
mind-blowing, and I even had a meeting with my staff just yesterday. So we have been open a little bit over eight months now. I think we're, we're about eight months open since we opened, opened in the middle of the pandemic uh, last December. And so we've been open a little bit over seven, eight months coming up on here. And the thing that is just so crazy is that we have not one bad, we have one bad review on the internet out of, I think, over 800 reviews on all the sites, on the Groupons, on the Facebooks, um, on Google, on Help, uh, Yelp, and all those things. We have one bad review, and the bad review was that we didn't post a picture, and they wanted to really share their memory. Um, and I tell my staff, I say, it, it amazes me how we don't have any bad reviews. That means that this not only does, um, is it profitable, thank God, but not only is it profitable, but it works. It helps. It changes lives, and unfortunately, our community will not jump on it. <laughs> they will not get it. So my goal is, uh, I hate to say it, if we're going to be a follower nation and we're going to follow, i got to make it so popular where eventually they say, I have to get it to you. I have to come to you. If you just join us, you're listening to a special broadcast. Normally it's uh, the youth day, but... I think we kind of, we got youth, middle, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, my name is M.C. Richardson, the chairman, founder, and CEO of the United Minority Media Association. And we're all recruiting. We're a membership organization, and we have been joined by the Honorable Judge Martina Peterson, who is telling us about the youth corps. We need to go back in there and see what their age limit is in that. And then we got Miss Catherine Persley. Uh, she's got the summer program for the, we want it to be year-round, and it's also in conjunction with the uh, Kansas City Park and Recreation Department. I don't know if they got the same type of situation in St. Louis. And, and then we was joined by the pastor, Timothy D. Hayes, Jr., and you're welcome to listen to this broadcast. And, past, uh before we get started on this uh, halfway Tell the people how the people can get on this program, listen to this show, and how they can retrieve the shows of Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. Would you do that, Mr. Folks? Uh, yes, I'd be more than happy, Mr. Richardson. Uh, Ferguson, USA, HotTalkRadio.com. That's located in Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, you can go to our website, and you can uh, go to our to the homepage, and then you go, right now we have made some changes most recently in going to our podcast library. As you move around to the podcast library, you just look, just kind of hold your hand over, over that, okay? Then all of the, the, uh, the host names will pop up. And then you can be able to choose as the host of the show that you want to pick for that. And I uh, guess coming to Kansas City can be found. But all of our shows, my friend, we're coming up on a, a one-year anniversary. I believe you somewhat right, but I'll go along with you. Okay, so anyway, you want to get any of Mr. Richardson's shows from last year. They all can be chronologized. We can be gotten out there. And Judge Peters and Rona and all the gang that we have had so far have made this one of the greatest growing shows that, uh, you know, that we got in our new program. And also we have some brochures that Mr. Richard we passed down in the community. This is showing his picture uh, about uh, what he's doing. And we're so proud to say, yes, uh, who's coming to Kansas City is continuing to grow. Thank you, sir. I would like for the judge to tell.
tell us what are the what's your market in the youth corps? What ages are involved in this, or ages that you're most confronted with? Okay, well, to start out, when we when we recruit for our youth court attorneys, and we're going to be starting to recruit for a new class of attorneys probably the end of August, beginning of September when school comes back. We haven't really been operating for the last year and a half because the law school has been closed, and that's where we hold our court hearings. They're not going to open until July 6th to the public. But we recruit for our attorneys, uh, 13 to 18-year-old uh, children or youth, from the uh, youth of the Kansas City, Missouri School District, but we also had kids from Rockhurst High School, St. Teresa's, to the private schools. Um, there are other youth courts out there. Grandview has one, Lee Summit has one, uh, Eastern Jackson County has one. So we try to not step on their toes and steal their kids. So we focus on the Kansas City metropolitan area to recruit our, our, our youth court attorney. Once we get the attorneys in, we give them about 12 to 14 hours of legal training. Uh, we bring in uh, legal professionals, uh, attorneys, and judges to teach them about uh, defending, what a defense attorney does, what a prosecutor does, ethical rules, uh, how to be a judge, um, how to do a court trial or hearing. Um, so we teach them those things, and they have to pass the bar exam. And then once they get their certificate to be a court attorney, we bring in juveniles, usually from age of 7 to 17, um, who have been charged with an actual crime. They have been usually stopped or, by, or arrested by the police or caught by the police. Most of our results come from the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, um, dealing with dealing charges, sometimes minor assault charges, sometimes possession charges, property damage, just uh, minor offenses, not the serious ones. Um, and then we bring them in and have them talk to the youth court attorneys and the judge and get an appropriate sentence such as community service or writing an essay, an apology letter, something of that sort as a consequence. But it's really more of the um, mentoring and the counseling from the peers to say, you know, what made you choose to do this? Do you really understand how this can impact your future? And these are the things you might want to do instead in the future to avoid you ruining the rest of your life. And so it's a diversion program that doesn't allow them to get a conviction on their records, but make a mistake and have a consequence and, and deal, get dealt with it by their peers. So it's a, it's a pretty successful program. We, didn't have, we don't have a very high recidivism rate, and since we haven't really been operating in the last year, I don't have updated statistics. Um, but, you know, if people don't cooperate with the program, then we refer them to the family court, um, and then they can file formal charges. But most of the people usually cooperate with the program, and it's been fairly successful. And we're looking forward to starting our program up again. Uh, like I said, about August, September, we'll be sending out recruitment information to the, the schools to try and get some more youth court attorneys started in the program and get it up and running again. Do y'all have, they used to have mod courses where you got the students and people involved. Do y'all still do that or is that something you will begin again? I remember the mod court of the, the youngsters, how they even had judges, youth, you had different people. So what a person can learn and what the jury and the, and the courts consist of. Um, that's kind of a separate program, usually run through the schools. They have mock trials and moot courts, usually through the debate program. And that is very helpful to learn uh, about the legal process system and presenting cases. Those kids are pretty good because I've judged some of those competitions. 
But this isn't a school program. This is a program where a nonprofit, but we go through uh, and overseeing. We're supposed to be overseen by the family court that monitors a lot of the um, charges. So these are real charges with children. And if these aren't like mock uh, or pretend cases or situations. These are real children that got in trouble and got arrested by the police or got charged with a crime or could get charged with a crime. And instead of charging them formally and bringing them through the family court, they sent them to a diversion program so that we could work with their case. So it's a little different in the outcome. And then, you know, also privacy is very important. And so we have confidentiality. Nobody's allowed to talk about the cases they have, the people that they've seen, because these are real children, real cases, real families, real drama. And um, we're trying to, uh, to work with the children to avoid this from, from impacting them in the future. So it's, it's a little different type of a program. It's not a, a more so a learning process. It is a learning process for the juvenile attorneys or the youth court attorneys, but it's more designed to be a diversion program for the children who are having problems and struggles. And these are real criminal cases, and um, so, so we deal with them as such. Uh, we haven't heard from you, Ms. Presley. Uh, wake up. You can talk. Well, I can I appreciate that. I was trying to get to a little bit quieter location and having a festival down here. Um, I think it's really interested in working with the youth program, particularly the, uh, the youth that have, you know, run a little bit of fouling along. One of the things that we've been doing is some of the You have to project your voice a little bit more, if you would. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm in a noisy area. We're trying to, uh, work with the children, and that's them understand that there's always a different way to resolve their issues uh, without resorting to violence, and then they have to speak up with for themselves. So we really are, I think probably one of the biggest problems with our violence front, uh, issue in Kansas City is lack of ability to communicate. So that's one of the things, and so I'm, really, I'm pleased to hear about the program Uh, just come to the table, pop up, and you'll see your picture. 
they tap on that and they have you live and living color in the whole program. And by the way, you heard on Facebook and YouTube also at the same time. Well. Now, Pastor, uh, we're not a pastor in a hat, but we want you to share with us some things that you can do in your church to reach out. And like your people in your congregation, they have relatives, they have children. We need to get this word ongoing throughout not only Kansas City, St. Louis, but nationally. Is the pastor available? Is he in another meeting? Well, that's okay. We can feel that uh, that loss now. So someone else can uh, start talking. It's okay. And in, in the meantime, till they get ready, United Minority Media Association was incorporated in the state of Missouri on August 28, 1974. It's a not-for-profit 501c3 tax exempt station uh, organization. It's also a sales tax ex exempt. And we're looking for people. We're looking for talented people, media professionals. And we got on our drawing board in the near future, United Minority Media Association. They will have um, Yuma 2021 uh, Hall of Fame reception. And then they'll come back for the second on the drawing board. We'll meet and greet all the people in the media. That's newspapers. That's uh, electronic media outlets we're talking about advertising and marketing, but those days have not been confirmed, but we will get you or let you know when they're ready to happen, and well, we want everybody to meet and greet our people and, and get involved with the organization, and we also will announce who are uh, people who have been nominated to be inducted into our Hall of Fame. So now someone else, after I took the lead, somebody can step in and finish out what we're doing this next two or three minutes because the time goes by so quickly. And we bought in our last quarter hour, so here's your opportunity to tell people about your program. I want to, to learn a little bit more information about that program that's working on cleaning up the community. How do these kids um, contact you? Um, how do you recruit the kids? How many people or kids are involved in the program or do you need? Um, and how long has your program been going on? It sounds like a really great program. Just like to understand a little bit more background and see how, um, because we may have some kids that may be interested in doing some of their community service hours through your program, and would like to get some information to see if that's even a possibility. Okay, Joe, she dropped back off, but she's back on the line. The question was, how can people get in contact with you? And how can you get more people to keep involved? Yeah, and a little bit of background information about your program, you know, who runs it, how many children are involved in it, how they can get involved in it, and um, uh, just kind of the things that you guys do, because it sounds very interesting. And I apologize, is that directed to me or to Patrick? Yes, ma'am. Yes, no, that, that, that's you. Okay, we are, we've recruited, okay. Our program is through is sponsored by Kansas City Parks and Rec, and it's called the Enjoy Program, where we, we are working with youth to give them some career skills, financial skills, or do some career exploration for about environmental and conservation work. We also have partners, with, luckily, with uh, representatives from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, 
coming out and talking to these children about the things that are going on and career opportunities with the federal government and conservation. Uh, and we have really recruited uh, children throughout the district. The Kansas City has identified some neighborhoods by zip code where the health statistics, quality of life is uh, not very good, that life expectancy is shorter than it is in other communities. And so one of the things that they're looking to do is work more with those communities, improve the park system uh, in those communities, as well as provide opportunities. Because the other issue is that Casey Park right now, I understand, has 47 positions open that they can't fill. They don't have people that, that, are, that want the jobs or are interested in working outdoors. And so we're looking for ways to encourage people to have out, you know, outdoor careers, environmental uh, with the environmental focus. And so what we've done is uh, hired, we solicited applications through some organizations that we know, and we found children to fill our positions. We still have two positions left to fill. And we uh, just really are basically taking them through the steps of, you know, how to work safely, how, you know, this is poison ivy. Our neighborhood also has the benefit of having lots of wildlife. We have deer and badger, and I think there's a fox running around in the neighborhood. So this is one of the things, even though these children they just a few blocks away that they've never seen. Uh, so just introduce them to those types of things. So really to get involved, they just have to reach out and uh, let us know that they're interested. We had to do some, some different things about funding because some of our funding didn't come through like we thought it would. So we're still trying to make an effort to serve as many of the youth as possible. Uh, what, what, so what age group are you looking at um, as far as the kids are concerned? We are doing 13 to 17. And if they're eight, if we find that the youth that are 18, if they're eligible, you know, there's certain things that the city requires. But Parks and Rec is actually willing to, to interview and maybe hire some of the 18-year-olds uh, if they are interested in those kinds of careers. So, but, but all the children in our group are 13 and 17. Hey, is this a paid program or is this something that is a volunteer program? They get a stipend. We don't, we can't pay them, but we, they do get a weekly stipend for showing up and doing what they're supposed to do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We also have partnered with the YMCA at Linwood, uh, Cleveland, and for the students that need additional activities after the one o'clock program is over. We've made arrangements for them to get a membership and then they can go to the Y and take partake of those activities, whether it's swimming or some of the other classes that they have to offer. Oh, so, how long so is the program? About that. This is great. The program is, is starting June the 12th and the last day is August the 13th, so we've got eight weeks. And how many children are involved in the program thus far? Right now we have 10, and we're going to, uh, we have two more positions that are open based on our current funding. If we get some of this other funding to come through, our original goal was 20. So we are looking to see how, if we can, you know, maybe do something for the last five to six weeks and get up, get our numbers up. And is it an annual program or is this a one-time program? It's going to be an annual program. Actually, Park and Rex has sponsored the program in the past, so they only did it in one neighborhood, and now they've expanded it, and it's in five different neighborhoods. 
but the, the program in the uh, Dunbar neighborhood is a little bit different because we have fewer uh, we have fewer children, and we also have a smaller area that we're responsible for just because our neighborhood is really small. So we're doing one of their main focuses this year is to make sure that the park stay clean, so we're picking up litter. But we don't leave our our efforts up to this point to get, get our litter under control has made it so that we've got extra time to do things that are more than neighborhood cleanup. So uh, we have expanded it so that we can offer some of those career things. And one of the things that the Fish and Wildlife uh, representative is doing is, like this coming Wednesday, she's going to bring targets and then she's going to teach them archery. And then they're going to do some fishing and just learn about things that we do in the outdoors. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm tired, but I'm excited. <laughs> it's also a young lady we had on this. Uh, she's a retired uh, Army major with the uh, Missouri the Veterans Program, and they was talking about doing some things uh, as far as uh, maintaining flowers and other things, and a lot of people starting to that popular area is stepping back in time on 18th and Vine. And I can also, uh, at another time, I'll have her number for you if you're interested to see what they can do or how, they, how you can partnership with them. Most definitely, most definitely. We've also are, we're trying to get the people to come in and just do some short presentations for the children. So we're going to be, we've got representatives from the Missouri Department of Conservation and from the Kansas City Park uh, Conservation Department that are going to be coming in and uh, some of the state representatives as well. Just to give them some you know, ideas about civic responsibility and uh, how to deal with government issues. Because before, you, before they know it, the students will all be old enough to expect them to know all that. And if you don't tell them, it'll be hard to expect them to know it. So you just want to introduce them to all of that. So just some things as simple as, you know, if you see something that's going on in your neighborhood of tragedy, pick up call 311. You know, those kinds of things. And that's something that they can get engaged in even at this young age. So we want to make sure that they have a well-rounded experience. You, you know, one of the things that we all heard as growing up, okay, if you keep the kids busy during the summertime, he definitely, definitely, you know, would be, you know, out of trouble. And especially coming out of this pandemic, uh, we need to do all we can to get our kids you know, learning something and also learning how to get along with people as they, as they learn how to work with their, with their peers, you know, since they've been kind of cooped up, you know, and also been still doing home study. Now, and this is a great program, I think, that would be fantastic, but when you got, matter of fact, MC, you promise you'll hook up uh, Candy and Wayne with them with, uh, with the outdoor fishing program, probably uh, come in and, and teach them classes. Yeah, that's uh, they're in the conservation deal. We used to recently they had uh, a fishing derby today. I heard in uh, KCK, and they have one in Missouri where they get it's strictly for the youth to, and they stock the lakes. Okay, or the the ponds, the river. It's ponds back in your day, hour, but in my days, it's the lakes. Okay, and <laughs> I thought I threw that in there. What do you got fish? And I don't know about uh, the judge. Uh, do you know how to uh, bait a hook? I, I don't know that it's not that I don't know how to. I think it's that I choose not to. <laughs> 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 
a couple of times. I'm not the most patient person in the world, so after about 20 minutes, I get bored and start piddling with things. So I don't know if I'm the best kind candidate for, for fishing, per se, but I do like the outdoors. I think it's a wonderful program when you're working on conservation. Um, and I did take a backpack class and do a backpack camping trip overnight just to learn some survival skills. Do you guys do anything like that with your program? Is it strictly dealing with conservation and and park support? Well, right now, it is strictly dealing with park support. But this is is our second year. We kind of did something last year because COVID came. And so we we, we have used to work in the garden and do some of the foundation stuff that we needed. Because we had just started our community farm and then COVID hit. So we paid the young people last summer to work. And so this is an expansion of that. Last year we had four four weeks. This year we're going to do eight weeks and we're kind of developing some things. And so my hope is that next year we'll be able to do uh, twice as many youth and also have a program that lasts longer than eight weeks because we know that there's a need. And um, one thing for sure, regardless of what's going on with the rest of the world, when it rains, grass grows, trees grow. And the, and the environment needs to take some care. So that's really kind of what we're looking at because it just kind of, it, it just kind of, poof, and there it was. And we, and we need those young hearts and minds to understand and appreciate the importance of the environment. So that's really, really where we're focused on and making sure we do that. So my, my, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and it's much expanded program in the future. Well, Ms. Presley, we have another member named Mr. Bill Cole. Uh, he's also a 4-H club in, in, in Kansas City. Now, I think he'd be a, a great addition to, you know, to him working with you guys because he has an aqua form for the water and as well as you know, a real form. And I think it would be very interesting for the kids to see that environment. And I think that'd be very, and if you will, I'd get your number, I'd give you a call and get his number to you. Okay, that'd be great. He's already inside you, right? Uh, I, I, I'm gonna show you right, okay? Because the program has expanded, and is expanding even more. So we've been working with him this, you know, this past year. But he has a great program, and the people are aware it's a voice club in Kansas City, Missouri itself, which is kind okay, of well, a weird hell of a club I did in the city. I definitely want to connect with him. I, when I was a student at uh, uh, East High School, we, that's where the, one of the biggest bases for future farmers of America was. Yes. Uh, in the school system, and once they let that, once that moved, that whole process had changed, and so there's really no place urban, other than you know with some of the work that Bill is doing with his, I'm, my dear friend Carol. Uh, uh, right. Started that program. Yes. Uh, but but it, it able to make that connection, I think, would be fantastic. So I look yes. forward to you know whatever connections you can help me make with that. Bill and I have chatted, but we just haven't connected the program, so we want to make sure we do that. That's what the Missouri Chamber of Commerce do. We try to connect, you know, members with people in the community, how they can, you know, train our leaders, our future leaders, how to be good citizens. Once again, we have reached that time. Our show goes by so quickly. So this is the opportunity for you to provide information how people can reach you as well if you need looking for volunteers. Now is the time. We should stretch it, but Unfortunately, we're here for five to six. So starting with, let's start 
Anthony was out on the folks, a CEO and the founder of Missouri Human Commerce and also the MCS producer of this program. And I can be reached through MC Richardson. Everybody has his number. That's easy to find me. Okay, uh, Catherine? Yes, I'm Catherine Parsley. I'm a, I've been in the Dunbar neighborhood for 62 years. That's where our program is located. You can reach me. And what is the Dunbar neighborhood? Dunbar neighborhood is just east of the Veterans Hospital. The boundaries are 31st Street on the north, Stadium Drive on the east, the Traffic Way on the south, Seaver Boulevard on the west. It's a little bitty hard state neighborhood. I want you to say the Lee's District. <laughs> yeah, it is Lee's, but you know, this is the same thing as Paul Lawrence Dunbar back in the 30s. Okay. The neighborhood is named after a black person in that era. So I, it is Lee's, but it's Dunbar for a reason. So I love okay. it. Okay. It that is what it is. for the city is Dunbar. And I think that the uh, pastor can be reached to uh, Ms. Presley, his number. He, uh, you know, he's busy all the time, but we want to keep him busy. Uh, Judge, uh, Honorable Judge uh, Martina Peterson? Well, you can reach me if you want to reach me personally through, through um, MC, but if you want to get information about the Kansas City Youth Court program, we do have, just Google Kansas City Youth Court on the UNKC website. We do have a website connected to that about the program. It gives you information about the program. We just hired a new uh, legal director, and uh, we're going to start recruiting again for our youth attorneys probably in August. The school starts back up August, September. So if you're interested in the program, get on the website. You can leave some information, and then we will contact you to go ahead and uh, get you involved in the program starting in the fall. Scott Owen, our engineer. Scott Owen, Ferguson, USA, Hot Talk Radio, right here on uh, in Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, you can reach me by calling 314-277-0621 or gm at fergusonusahottalkradio.com. That concludes our show. Be sure to tune in and we'll have another fantastic show. And we need to increase our leadership. I think we can find room for three more.